from Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the CRI It Figures podcast. This is part three of governmental COVID-19 questions. I'm Becky Hammond, uh, audit partner in our New Orleans office of CRI. I have over 20 years of experience in governmental audits, as well as lots of single audits. And I'm also on the LCPA, which is the Louisiana Society of CPAs, governmental accounting and auditing committee um, here in Louisiana. So um, I have some great questions to ask our panel today. Today, join, joining me are Rob Lemon and Ray Roberts. So if you guys could introduce yourself, uh, Rob, why don't you start? Hey, Becky. My name is Robert Lemon. I'm an audit partner in the Gainesville office in Florida. Been an auditor for about 14 years and now work primarily with governments. So hopefully I've got a few useful tips that I can share today. Thanks so much, Rob. And, um, and, and our big hitter today, Ray Roberts, some, somebody that I call all the time with, with questions and things to help me with. Ray, why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, Becky. My name is Ray Roberts from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I'm the, the lead for the government and not-for-profit industry lines for CRI. Over the years, I've been on a few different committees at the state level and the national level, specifically the the AICPA Government Audit Quality Center Executive Committee in charge of a government task force for the peer review committee. I've been on the Professional Ethics Committee and uh, done peer reviews uh, coast to coast, specifically in the government area. So I have a little bit of experience. I won't say how long I've been doing it, though. Well, let's dive into our first question today. Um, There's so much COVID-19 information floating around how can we cut through to the most important things to focus on? Anybody want to take this question? Hey, Becky, I'll take a stab at it. So it might not be much different than me. When I get home, I don't want to watch the news about COVID-19. It is I'm just tired of it. But you know, at work, I have to have the latest and greatest information on it. And you can kind of get overwhelmed about all the information out there. So just like anything, you have to go back to planning and see what, what information you need. You know, what specific information? You just can't put in COVID-19 and f- see what pops up. But if you can get some keywords in some kind of searches or stuff, it might be a little bit more helpful. For instance, are you needing information on management issues during COVID-19, HR issues, uh, hazard pay, available grants, compliance to those grants, how to cut costs and save some money, how to do budgeting? Uh, during the process? What are some other forms of funding? Uh, all of these, there's just a crazy amount of different topics out there that you can look at. And to save some time and to fish through all this information, you're going to have to just go out there and try to drill down yourself. But it really goes back to the planning and what your group needs it for specifically. And uh, go go one level higher than that. So you might catch some kind of something similar or related but not right on topic that might help you uh, make your decision. Different ways to look is uh, 
you know, of course you can do the old faithful Google search, but you'll need some good topics or keywords there. You know, of course at Car Rigs and Ingram's website, they have quite a bit of information out there uh, between articles and uh, webinars and podcasts. We're just, we've blanketed everywhere. Uh, IRS website has some really good questions and answers specifically about the CARES Act, different things. So uh, those Q and A's are just uh, really long and you can get some really good information and specific information off the IRS website. You know, your different states, you know, is it the state auditor in New Mexico, legislative auditor in Louisiana, whatever it might be, uh, they might have something, just the governor's office, you know, just various places throughout your different states. Uh, also the AICPA, that's a, our National Association for CPAs. Uh, they have a lot of information and they manage and to watch what the FASB and the GASB and uh, OMB, all those different things are putting out and they have specific topics and a specific area just like everybody else does. Uh, that'd be a good place to start. Uh, in addition, don't forget like the municipal leagues and your professional associations. If you're a school district, maybe ASBO, uh, GFOA, all of those different areas will have content for COVID-19 and on a lot of the different topics that might interest you. So you're right, Becky, there's a ton of information out there and you just have to work at planning and figuring out the specific place you need to look in this specific topic uh, and try to narrow it down some or you'll get overwhelmed. Ray, Ray I'm, really, I'm really glad you took that question, Ray, because I had a couple of ideas, but not, not as many as you, that's for sure. But I just kind of wanted to echo one thing you you said about the uh, IRS website. I feel like the last bunch of questions, the last few days I've been answering, uh, that was the answer. You know, a lot of people right now are trying to figure out the payroll and the FICA and, and those sorts of implications. But that IRS website, that, that's a, been a particularly useful one for a number of my clients recently. So just uh, I don't have as many uh, good ideas as you, but uh, but when you said that one, it resonated with me. That was that was the one I was thinking of. Was the IRS website right now seems to be helping a lot of people. Thanks, guys. That was some great advice. Um, we move on to the next question. Um, this one was submitted um, by one of our clients. Um, I work for a small government with a small team, and I'm worried that things might fall through the cracks during all this chaos. What should we look out for and do to try to prevent this? Right. I've, I, I'd like to give it a shot. Ray will probably uh, have some extra stuff to add at the end. To, but I actually received a very similar question because, you know, I think everyone's feeling the chaos right now. So um, the, the, there was a lot to unpick when I tried to answer this question to, to the client because it's, it's kind of in my mind, it comes in a few stages there's to, to prevent stuff falling through the cracks, there was definitely some short-term type actions they needed to get on right away. And what I, uh, what I suggested to them is, I mean, number one, it's, it's all about prioritizing, making sure that the processes that need to keep functioning do and to prevent that, that fall through the cracks uh, type, type situation. So definitely number one, prioritize everything. Uh, then I advised them, this was another one actually, which I think was, pretty crucial. So I really said they really got to make sure they track and record and document any process changes that they're making as they go through and, and make sure they keep track of it and communicate to everyone who's impacted by process changes exactly what's expected in the new 
sort of process, new situation. Uh, that should help things stop falling through the cracks if everyone's on the same page. But the other benefit I, I was saying to, to keeping those documents and those process narratives for, for the revision uh, of the processes is that the auditors are going to ask for them when they come in at the end of the year to do the audit. They're going to be asking, what, you know, what changed in your processes this year? And uh, it's going to be hard to recall that from memory if you don't jot it down, I think, as and when the changes are happening. So those were kind of a couple of the short-term things that I, I really recommended. Uh, the, and a, th- a thing that was a little bit further down the line, but I think it'll also help stop things slipping through the cracks, is to, to do maybe more thorough reconciliations, you know, like cash reconciliations or month-end reconciliations in general. I was saying, you know, you might want to have a second person take a look at this or do it a little bit more frequently or maybe to a higher degree of precision because I hate to say it, but with all these process changes comes increased risk, you know, risk that transactions could get incorrectly recorded or missed or what have you. So doing these, having an extra level of scrutiny on reconciliations, it's going to help to to, to, to catch those mistakes or possible mistakes and mi- minimize that error, uh, sorry, that risk of, of error. And so that was kind of a medium term action that I recommended for them to do. And, and longer term, I was saying that, you know, maybe use this experience as a, as a chance to potentially streamline the processes that were in place. And maybe this will force you to change things, but it may, might be a change for the better, or you can look at your disaster recovery plan and, and maybe learn a few lessons and revise that whilst it's the, the experience is fresh in everyone's memory. So like I said, there's a lot to unpick there and, and I'm sure Ray's got some other thoughts, but in terms of stopping stuff slipping through the cracks, that's kind of kind of was my advice. Rob, you did a great job there. The only thing I can think of to add is just like anytime you change processes, you know, the staff will see the email, might not read it, might be busy, say, I'll get to it later. But during these trying times and times where things are changing so fast, I think it's uh, important that you make sure that everybody understands what the new policies are and not just rely on a particular email. Maybe you have a little uh, online training for it. And also uh, get out there and have somebody go in and check to see if that process is uh, being implemented uh, sooner than later. You don't want to find out, say, hey, I got this great program or process now. And six months later, you find out that the majority of the people aren't uh, even implementing it or even uh, remember it. So with almost with almost every change you make on processes, especially in this key time where mistakes happens, I, I think the inspection process uh, or monitoring process, whatever you want to call it, would uh, be very helpful in reducing the errors and the risk related to that and in, in, increase compliance with uh, following the new policies and procedures. Ray, actually, one other thing I was thinking was, you know, new vendor controls as well. What, what are your thoughts here? Because I'm thinking that's an area as well. I would advise being a bit more thorough, a bit more precise on new vendor controls and making sure they're legitimate new vendors for whatever new service we might be having to request in this time, you know, would, would you be placing more emphasis on these, these new vendor controls? I, I would think so, because there's going to be so many new people coming out here trying to sell something and take advantage of the COVID-19 
crisis. So there, it's a great idea to go out there and look to see, you know, get that extra level of review or scrutiny to that new vendor sheet and check your uh, vendor master files and see if it, the changes being made are all approved by some sort of uh, form or approval process. Because I could sure see where uh, a fly-by-night, somebody comes in and uh, they're really not even a, a legit business, but they come in and have a $20,000 contract, which is be easy when you have millions and billions of dollars floating around to ignore. And then next thing you know is uh, they got their money and the work's not done or it's not done properly and they've left town. So I think it's really important to watch the vendors uh, in this, just like you would on your email scams. Everybody's trying to scam somebody during the crisis. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was worried about. That's, that's what I was thinking as well. And Ray, actually, I think, did I see an email from you, you know, speaking of things slipping through the cracks, but I think I saw an email from you talking about the Gasby, uh, the new Gasby standards recently and, and whether people are going to have to implement those as quickly as, as previously thought for the new Gasby standards. What's the latest on that? The latest? Yeah, it's, it's really new here. Back in, uh, as most everybody would know, there's some really big changes to the government accounting standards uh, coming down the pipe, uh, specifically in the fiduciary area and leases, uh, although there's quite a few more besides those. Those two are going to have a dramatic effect on how people report and uh, the information and prepare their financial statements. So those are big changes coming down, but the GASB has realized that potentially this COVID-19 has uh, delayed a lot of different things and the people just don't have time to implement fiduciary or asset retirement obligations or uh, leases standard in the time that was originally determined. So what they've they've done just recently on April 14th, so just last week, they came up and started a, a project. They had to go through due diligence, but uh, they started a project to ex- extend all the due dates on the GASB pronouncements that are uh, not yet effective. So it's a short turnaround. They usually have quite a bit of, you know, two months, three months of a comment period, but this is only 15 days. On April 30th, they're going to, if you have any, between now and then you have any comments about uh, extending those due dates or the implementation dates, uh, you have opportunity to talk to Gatsby and let them know your uh, opinion. But uh, on May 7th, they're supposedly going to decide if they're going to extend these due dates on these implementations. Now, if you're a betting person, I'd put money down on May 7th being the time where they're going to postpone this because I just can't imagine them not doing that. And the, and the way the exposure draft's written now, uh, it's postponing all the GASBs and implementation guides that are uh, not yet effective. So that's uh, 10 or 11 GASBs from GASB 83 all the way to GASB 93. There's five implementation guides that's affected. And the big ones, to give you an idea, the one on fiduciaries, uh, you're going to have, if you have a 12-31-20 effective date, or if you have a June year end, it'll be June 30th, 2021 effective dates. And leases, similar type extension. If you have a 12-31, it'll be 12-31-21 effective date. And if you have a June year end, it'll be June 30th, 2022 effective dates. So I, I think the fiduciary leases probably should have been pushed anyway, but COVID helped us out on this case. So uh, it's all new. It's not 100% official, but May 7th, we'll have the uh, the final th- uh, final information on the extensions of those implementation dates. 
Yes, Ray, I, I certainly agree that, that that's a pretty much a foregone conclusion that, that they'll definitely be extended. Um, you guys mentioned earlier uh, about what to about the the control processes and and changes to the procedures that happen during the year. What should you be telling or showing your auditor when they come in and ask about those control processes? What what do our listeners need to make sure that they're considering from a documentation perspective? Hey Becky, I'll I'll take the first stab at this. That Rob kind of brought it up earlier, and I think it's a a, a good topic. Give a little more information, and Rob, feel free to chime in at the end. It's just like anything through this process, communication is key. You need to communicate with your own staff, like we mentioned earlier, that make sure the staff knows what the policies and procedures are and the changes there and actually go in there and inspect or monitor what they're doing because uh, it's so important to uh, make sure the policies and procedures are implemented correctly. There was a reason why you did that. It was to reduce some risk. And so uh, just ha- talking about it and not doing it, it's not going to help you in, in any way. But you don't get spooked by the auditors asking you about this. I think the auditors are going to expect organizations to have new changes in policy and procedures because people are working from home and different people are doing their jobs or different jobs. So we would expect as auditors to have changes in that. They could be just temporary changes, but for sure we expect uh, changes. And so if we come in and there's not any changes, then we, we start being more and more skeptical about what's going on. Uh, and it would increase our risk. But I, the auditors are there to help and make make it better. So keep in mind that they have a lot of experience on that. They know what other, other cities and counties and school districts are doing. And so they've seen some things that might be able to help you improve your system a little bit. Even you have a, a tweak that you made to a process or a procedure or a control, and they can come in and say, hey, did you think about this person doing this or adding one more step? Uh, and then it could make it better. So it should be adversarial in that at that respect. Uh, so just talk to them in that way. Also, we've seen that, and when there's crisis going on or a lot of emotion or, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We have so much work to do. And they kind of rush through some of these uh, policies and procedures. It's, it's very possible that uh, there are mistakes being made or something that could be improved. So a, a new set of eyes looking at that uh, would make all the difference in the world, I think. What do you think, Rob? I would definitely echo your sentiment that we're anticipating changes and you know disruption and, 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 and so on. So don't be afraid to just be obviously honest, always be honest, but uh, don't be afraid that the, the auditors are out to get you for uh, changing things up and having to adapt during the year with some slightly different procedures. I would be asking, you know, a best case scenario for me would be if you can provide written narratives to explain the specific changes so that there's actually a kind of a document or a paper trail to, to show what uh, was implemented in these alternative processes. That would be definitely very handy, to say the least. Uh, the second thing, if you really want to get the A-plus grade from me, would be some documentation that you were monitoring these new controls as well. I think this, that's something you mentioned earlier as well, was to to show you've been monitoring um, that, that these new controls were properly implemented and that you're keeping an eye on them um, to, to make sure nothing did slip through the cracks and go wrong. But it's got, it's, it's got to be evidenced. Obviously, auditors are always looking for evidence to, to support what actually did happen. 
So that's why I say, you know, not just a verbal explanation and some kind of paper trail to show that you documented and, and wrote down the new policies. And, and even better, if you want to get, like say, the A+, you actually did some monitoring and that you've got documentation to show you were checking and, and reviewing the new controls that were in place. That, that's what I'd, I'd look for. Thanks, guys. That's definitely some some great advice. and um, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. So, well, that about does it for this episode of CRI's It Figures. Thanks to Rob and Ray for joining us. You guys um, have definitely given us a wealth of information today. Hope you listeners got some valuable information and thanks so much for listening. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. 